Well, hello, and we welcome you to the World Travel Dad Show, where we help you travel intelligently with your family. With trip planning, money-saving tips, and funny stories, we are a resource for your next travel chapter. We are excited to have you here, and we hope our adventure helps you with yours. Tips, jokes, stories, and overall fun for your ears to enjoy. Now here's our host, World Travel Dad. turkey episodes are not doing very well. My turkey Instagram posts not doing so hot. Uh, my turkey blog posts, I haven't done many of them, but nobody's really reading those. So I came up with a theory and I think that my audience is English speaking Westerners that maybe aren't quite as interested in, in the country of Turkey. And that's fine. That's fair. I, I think you should be. I think it's a wonderful country. But we're going to take a break from Turkey this week. I'm going to go back and do a rewind and do a throwback episode. And I'm going to talk about Italy. And I'm just going to kind of go through uh, Naples, take us through the, some of the popular regions of Italy. Because the Italy episodes did very well. And so people clearly like Italy, want to hear about it. It's great. I like talking about it. Uh, also, it's summer break now, and so I will be recording on the uh, without my microphone in my computer because my computer, I think it's possibly broken. So it, nothing, nothing spells amateur like broken equipment. And also, since it's summer, uh, I'll be by I'll be poolside a lot. It's just easier to get a podcast done. So excuse the audio quality. I'll try to turn it up as much as possible. I went to Italy last March, and I can only imagine how nice of a country Italy would be during the summertime. I'll tell you a little bit about our experience uh, entering the country. So first of all, we were coming from Hanoi, northern Vietnam. And uh, if you want to uh, go back and check out the, the Vietnam episodes, uh, it's a fascinating country. And I tried to, did my best to try to give you a snapshot of what to expect taking your family there. Uh, we flew out of Hanoi on the second leg of, I'm sorry, the first leg of our uh, Dubai Airlines flight that was gonna take us eventually to Naples, Italy. And Dubai, the first leg goes through um, Dubai, naturally. And sorry, it's Emirates Air. So maybe you've heard of it. Uh, it's one of these kind of fancy airline, how they market themselves, a lot of oil money in, in Dubai. I did an episode on Dubai as well. If anyone's curious, I, I always was. I was curious to see what all the hype was about people talking about wanting to move there and great standard of living and all these things and I didn't I didn't really see it uh, I think I think there's a lot of hype with Dubai but you can go back and check out that episode you know we were there for four days 
and then the second leg flies out of Dubai into Naples, and we were, it's a six and a half, maybe seven hour flight, and it's a cheaper airline that you fly Dubai instead of the Emirates, so you don't get treated as well. I was kind of mad about that. You know, I had to pay for some movies. Finally finished Top Gun on that leg, and so we, we show up in Naples, and remember, if you you're coming from the United States, you're going to probably go to Rome. Rome's going to be your first port of entry, usually. Uh, you have to be kind of a Italy aficionado, an Italophile, if you, if you show up just in Naples. And I think the next step up from there is probably going to like the Sardinias of the world and the the Sicily, that, that's, the, that's the big daddy. Sicily is the one that was always kind of dangerous. There was organized crime. Well, there was also organized crime in Naples, and there may still be, but they've, they've kind of cleaned up their act. It's, it used to be thought of as maybe a little uh, grimy, a little more dangerous, a little dingier, a little rougher around the edges than, than Rome. And I think that that's accurate. Uh, so the first thing we notice is you come into, uh, I believe it's Garibaldi Airport, go through customs, very nice people at customs. Uh, first thing about Italy you'll notice is their, their uh, flamboyant kind of style of some of the people. It's, it's just classic. I mean, it's classic Italian. I bet, I bet some of the people in the line, they look the same as Italians did in the 80s. You know, they're... It's really cool, but just like jean jackets, spiked hair, kind of crazy glasses, uh, but sort of like in a good-natured way, like not in a mean sort of way. I think Italians have this reputation of being fairly good-natured. I think it's well-earned. I think it really fits nicely with the American uh, predisposition to try to small talk, be overly friendly, you know, Americans were kind of like, uh, leave it to beaver, you know, oh shucks, you know, we're going, we're traveling, you know, hope people are nice over there, you know, we're, we're kind of, we seem naive, Americans usually, and I know some of you out there are like veteran travelers, and you're like, no, not me, not me, we're, we're veterans, we're savvy travelers, you know, if you think of yourself as a savvy traveler, you're probably not that savvy. I, I, for, I, I, don't, I try not to refer to myself as a savvy traveler. I mean, I, I'll, I'm pretty honest with you guys. When The fact of the matter is, for every time I feel like I've gotten a good deal, I also get ripped off. And I feel like they see me coming. So maybe I'm just projecting. But Italy does well. It's kind of the... It's like a good entry point into Europe. Uh, I, and, and that was the thing. I mean, I, I got ripped off on the cab ride. I mean, that, that guy, he kind of, he upcharged the meter. You know, you have a meter, but it doesn't mean you have to go buy it. He just kind of said, I know what the meter says, but we're going to add a little bit of euros. And I had, we had a lot of bags, so I let it slide. It was only a few euro upcharge there. Uh, Naples is a fairly wonderful city, though, overall. Um, it's got, there's graffiti everywhere. I mean, it was, it was insane. But you get a feeling that it's, uh, kind of a real, real Italian experience. Uh, very good pricing on goods. 
you know, Italians would have a serious revolt if you made espresso and, uh, you know, Campari. You made that too expensive. Uh, I, th I think you'd, you'd be in some real trouble. I'm trying to remember, you know, basically what we did. We found our, our favorite little cafe every morning, and you get the, uh, the croissant, you know, filled with chocolate, which is truly decadent. And it's something, I, mean, I said it on the original Naples episode, um, Italy has commandeered the croissant from the f stuffy French. You know, the, the French for, for hundreds of years, just, we're going to do plain croissant. We're not going to, it's just plain bread. Here you go. And I love a good butter croissant. So don't get, you know, don't get me wrong there. But Italy said, well, hang on a second. Life's for living. You French people are too stuffy. You're always upset about something. The French, the French aren't happy unless they're unhappy. Uh, especially Parisians, you know, they're so they're so stuck up. Um, and Italians just took that croissant, filled it with with chocolate, and uh, thumbed their nose at, at France, their neighbor to the west. And so you get you get one of those bad boys. You get the espresso thing. I told you originally, I don't, uh, I don't get the espresso thing. It, it's, it goes too quickly for me. Um, I'm in Italy, or I'm in Turkey right now, and I can drink a, an extra large Turkish coffee. It's more of my style. There's more to it. So I'm not, I'm not, not an espresso guy. Um, there's something you can get. A, you can get a various number of, of drinks. You can get an Allonger. I think that's a French, French pronunciation. Um, Cafe Lungo. A Lungo is kind of just a longer espresso shot. So play with that a little bit. See how, how much you can stretch out the espresso, but it's only going to run you about a euro in Naples. Um, the croissant, same thing, about a euro. So two euros, you, you get your breakfast and you move on. There are, there are church domed uh, basilicas and churches everywhere in Naples. So that's something that's worthwhile if you're if you're interested in in uh, uh, Catholicism. If you're interested in art history, can't go wrong. Uh, it's also a jumping-off point for um, Capri, the island of Capri. And so I would start. I, you know, my my dream itinerary is probably three nights in Naples. Um, I think that's good enough. I mean, you could probably spend a week. We spent four nights. I really just grew to love it. So three or four nights in Naples is good. Don't do the thing where people come in and they see like the one night. Uh, you're really shortchanging it. Um, but you can then uh, just take your take a ferry ride, about 45 minute ferry ride over to Capri. And I said it before, uh, but I think a dream would be to spend some nights on the island of Capri. Because that's kind of like out there in the Mediterranean. It's the end of the world. Uh, I saw a guy going for a jog one day there, and I—he was not a day tripper. You don't go—you don't go on a day trip to Capri and pull out the the, the Nikes and, and start running around the island. That's not what you do. You're—you you have no idea what to do if you go there for a day. You're kind of patching together. We did a good job at figuring out how to get to Ana Capri. We took the, the tram up to the top. And that's something you can do in a day. But try to find, try to get to a point in your life where you can spend a week on the island of Capri. 
drinking limoncello, reading books, r running around the island. I mean, that's 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 what humans are designed to do. Um, that's life at its fullest. I think you can achieve it over on Coppery. So uh, that's that's the that's the first leg of an itinerary. Um, when we get back, I will I'll go into again the Amalfi Coast because I have some opinions there. So we'll be right back. We'll be right back. I can't tell you how versatile the Wise Card has been for my travels. From paying for my kids' school tuition in Ubud to wiring the tour company payment for our snorkeling trip, the Wise Card has been there for me. Let me explain how it works. From the States or anywhere, you purchase foreign currency and keep it in your WISE account. It becomes your de facto foreign bank account. You purchase at the current exchange rate. If you think the dollar is at its peak in value, purchase a foreign currency, pay a very minimal fee, and voila, you have your short dollar position. Congratulations, you're now a foreign currency trader, and you didn't have to open a bank account in Montenegro. And fellas, your wife wants to go to Italy. She's sick of the bowling alley as your idea of entertainment. Why not start by opening your WISE account today? If you use the link in the show notes, capitalize with at least $300 US, World Travel Dad gets a minuscule kickback that I promise to use on cheap beer. Take your wife to Italy. Let's get back to this thing I'm calling a show. There's a debate with Italy over Cinque Terre versus the Amalfi Coast. And I never was able to weigh in on this fierce debate. And I always wanted to. When I heard people having this discussion, um, I, I had to butt out. I, I had no standing. I couldn't, uh, I had been to Cinque Terre once, but I'd never been to Amalfi Coast, so what do I know? I mean, Amalfi Coast, you know, generally people make it sound like it's, it's the most wonderful place on earth. So having spent eight nights in Sorrento, which is a town, and also seen Positano, um, I'm going to cast my vote for Cinque Terre. Now, I know it's a little bit different for me, Cinque Terre is more of like an outdoorsman sort of approach, or outdoors woman, if you will. Uh, it's, it's more for like Germans, you know, it's for people that bring trekking poles with them. You know, if you've ever brought, if you bring trekking poles or even, even know what those are, I mean, you might want to think about Cinque Terre over Positano. Positano is more, you know, you uh, you read magazines by the pool and you get in your speedo and you just you're kind of lounging it Positano to me looked like a place to kind of do nothing and enjoy it and so to, to me I think there's just there's more to offer in the Cinque Terre region and you know I'll, I'll 
give you an example. You know, we got, we, you go to Positano and you get off, we took the bus from Sorrento and you, you kind of walk down into town there, you walk down to the beach. Um, there's not, you know, there's not a whole, there's not a whole lot of room to kind of walk. Um, it gets, it gets fiercely crowded during summer months. It's it's a hill. You have to you have to go down this hill. Now I know Cinque Terre. There you know, there are hills there, uh, of course. And the famous thing to do is do the hikes. But at least at least if you go do the hike and kind of get away from some people. Those trails get very crowded though. They get very crowded. Uh, and, and when we did the Cinque Terre episode, we we're very clear to point out that the time of month we were there was March, and uh, time of year was March. And that has a big bearing on your experience all over a lot of these places. You can be in certain towns and they look completely different. They can get mugged by, by tourists. And, uh, you know, that's, that can really, that can really drive the, the boat. But I, I think my hunch is that Positano gets much more crowded anyway. It's, it's sort of more well-known, um, and there, you know, I'm sure there are some other towns dotted along there. I certainly didn't see the whole place. And there are also some hikes uh, you can do on Amalfi. That has a good bus system. And I always look for that, you know, as a public transport option. Sorrento was a little more affordable. And it was a really cool town. But even Sorrento um, had its sort of limitations. Uh, with the Cinque Terre, I think you get five different flavors you have five different little towns and i think that for for my money i think i think i would do the cinque terre thing but certainly people may differ sorrento sorrento is a land of uh, of lemons um and the lemons are certainly good i think there might be there's a maybe a little bit of hype there um you know i did have some local lemoncello and so there's a the theme for me a lot in a lot of these places is kind of the local liqueur, local alcohol. Um, that's really fun if you, if you like that. Um, uh, there's certainly some decent restaurants. There are uh, no, no real beaches to speak of in Sorrento, no real places to swim. There's kind of like a little harbor area that's kind of magical. Uh, all in all, we, we felt like eight nights there was too much. And if you're an American doing kind of a whirlwind tour, you're probably thinking eight nights is crazy in one place anyway. You know, Americans have this tendency to kind of whip through an area. And I was guilty of it too. I mean, you know, back in my corporate life, I remember telling my mother-in-law, you know, we're, we're thinking of Sweden. We're thinking of going to Sweden, you know, for nine nine days. And she... Her, you know, jaw hit the floor. You know, she's like, "You can't. What are you thinking? What are you crazy Americans?" Oh, and, and by the way, my mother-in-law is from Sweden, so she looks at it from the lens of thinking that you know she's been in the U.S. a long time and is an American citizen, but she still thinks it's kind of silly how we all rush around and we work on our vacations, and you know, the whole the whole place is falling apart. Um, whole world's falling apart and so what you know what did what did all that work what good was that you know, all the work that you did um and so anyway 
I think that you need you need more time. You need to try to enjoy it more uh, if you can. And I'm an advocate of the longer trip. Uh, we won't, you know, I can't imagine doing eight days in Europe. But if that's all you if that's all you have, you know, let me know. I know someone reached out on some itinerary stuff for Thailand, and you have my email address in the show notes, and that's my favorite thing to do. Uh, I'd, I'd like to try to help you to kind of be a resource. Um, you know, we, we're uh, completely exhausted from our 14-month trip. We're completely broke, and we are just shot. And so, but if there's any good that can come out of it, it's maybe I can help you guys make some better decisions. And with that, let's get to the blooper. And this is, I, I debated whether or not to even share this one. Uh, but I, I have to. I owe it to the audience. You guys gotta hear this one. This is World Travel Dad. Let's face it, when I'm on the road, I get ripped off a lot. And I'm constantly making a fool of myself. But I'd like to share those moments with you because maybe it'll help you avoid a similar fate. Or maybe you can just make fun of me. I'm in Fethiye, Turkey, and I had planned to do a Fethiye episode, Fethiye. It's a, it's a wonderful place, but I may just do kind of a generic Turkey episode and do like a Turkey travel guide. Uh, I'm just not getting the um, interest in Turkey that I wanted, and people aren't listening to the episode, and I'm bitter about it, and that's fine. It's your loss. Your guys' loss, man. Amazing country. We have a lot, lot to see and do here, but I'll do a tur- Turkey travel guide, but for now, I will tell you about something I did that was ridiculous. So we have a uh, we have a, a condo in Colorado where we're from, and it's a ski condo, and we rent it out on Airbnb. And renters who rent it from usually Midwestern states, I uh, endlessly make fun of some of the things that they do, like when they come and rent the place, some, some of the goofy things they do. Uh, you know, silly renters, that's what we call them. But no, none of our renters, Literally none of them have ever done something even close to what I did at our place in Turkey. Uh, so backing up a couple weeks ago, we were staying in the Dacha Peninsula, a beautiful little con- uh, old apartment in downtown. And I started every morning by firing up the double Turkish tea kettle. Uh, there's probably like one of you listening to this that know what those are, if you've ever been to Turkey. It's a, it's a double kettle. It's a, something they do, or it's a special way to do it. Got to throw it on the on the gas range there, and that's just how I started my mornings. I didn't even put my contacts in, and I'm blind without my contacts. So we get to this nice new condo, and everything in this condo in Fetier is nice. It's new. It, uh, it makes me nervous when I get to one of those places. I just think like there's a, a lot of new stuff for me to screw up here. I kind of wish it were worn in more. Felt like we were one of the first renters almost, and uh, I never liked that. I never liked to be the first. And so the first, literally the first day, I go to get my tea ready. Uh, I don't even put my contacts in, because why would you do that? I know how this works. I do the double kettle. So fire up the gas, put the double kettle on, uh, and sit there and wait for the thing to start heating up. Well, some kind of smoke coming off at the bottom of the kettle, and I'm like, the heck is that? And I can't really see. I'm blind. I look down, 
and there's like some kind of moisture condensation, something leaking off the bottom of the kettle. Uh, well, about 30 seconds into this whole mess, I realized that I had put an electric double kettle on a gas burner and I completely melted out the bottom and leaked melted plastic all over the range. Uh, I was horrified and I, and it leaked all over the countertop. And, the, and so I'm thinking, did I like ruin everything? Uh, well, fortunately I got the plastic off once it cooled, it, could, it didn't bond. And so you, you kind of scrape all that off, but kettle completely ruined. Uh, and it was really nice, it was an electric kettle. And, and I just, I'm such a bumpkin, I had never seen that before. And in my defense, like, you know, I'm kind of used to the old school methods, but uh, I must just look like an idiot. So we told the manager, the thing's totally ruined, you can't even use it. And he was nice enough to say, hey, don't worry about it, I'll, I'll get you another one. Well, it's been a week, he, he hasn't gotten the other one. And I checked the price tag on this bad boy and it's, it's expensive. So if they make me pay for it, which I deserve, it's really gonna hurt. Uh, but I will, I'm, I'm not gonna make fun of renters anymore because I can't believe I did that. I had never done something so stupid in my life in a, in a, an apartment.